Welcome, everybody, to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, I know we were going to talk about uh, LeBron James' season in review. I know we were going to talk about the season potentially getting going back in, or, or as early as September. Uh, but I think that would be ignoring the biggest story of the day. And what would that? I, I'm actually honestly curious to see what in your brain is the biggest story of the day. Because when we get to the point in the, this point in the off season, this is when like your takes get really, really wild. So like I'm excited to know what you actually think is the biggest story of the day. And it will actually be funny because we're recording this in the morning. So if I release it way late at night, like giant news may have broken, <laughs> and people will accuse you of ignoring it. And I just won't mention that at all in the pod. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest news of the day is that apparently Kosas Atentacompo is too good for his job. Too good for his job or too good for his brothers? Well, his brother is his job. Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, I, okay. I see what you're saying now. Like he has, like, it, it's like if you had like a double agent, but like they were like, you were kind of, you know, like in one of those undercover cop movies where like they make stuff happen, like the departed where they like arrest people so that like their undercover cop can move up in the organization more quickly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like Costas is like, like he won a championship and now he's like, oh, I am a champion and like, like he's moving up too fast and thinks that it's as a result of his competence versus <laughs> the Lakers setting it up. I understand what you're saying now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the, the story, the background to this is that apparently Giannis uh, taped a video and was asked about Costas. Uh, and no, and he wasn't asked about, he was following Costas around and saying, Oh, you won't talk to me anymore. Cause you're a champ. Like this is what champs do. Even worse. And- he wasn't even asked about it. Yeah, no, oh no, this God. is like on his Instagram or something like it's that. T- like it's he- time to cut Costas. It's he's going to coast us on Tetacumpo. Like he's going to be He's going to cost us a Tetacumpo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I like this is this is the, the the biggest story of our lifetime. The Lakers, you know, we already saw what KCP did. This is in- like if KCP showed up to LeBron's free agency <laughs> meeting and was like, "Let me teach you how to win." <laughs> <laughs> like, we already saw like, this breaks success. in through the window when magic's <laughs> talking to him and he's like lebron if you're coming here this is my team <laughs> like kcp we already saw the success that they had in, in laying the foundation of tampering and then you would think they were they were like right they, they were on that on hyperspeed with costas right showing him they like hey to brief him on what his job was <laughs> i guess now, you're no nba champion costas compo as a los angeles laker your life is different oh shit you actually got to keep doing no. your job no look look tired costas is not doing his job wired costas is doing his job incredibly because Giannis <laughs> is going to be so upset and take this so personally that he joins the lakers and demand they cut costas <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. All, all I'm saying is, you know, I, I don't think we can take uh, or we can make a big enough deal out of the story. This is the, the 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 crime of our lifetime. No, this is yeah. This is this is honestly like this is a fireable offense for Rob Polinka. Like, how do you not get him in on this and just get him like trying to get his brother to try on the jersey and like showing him like like telling him about how great it was? No, you're walking Carry around like trophy. ignoring him making him feel like like you are like you can't become his least favorite brother while we're trying to use you to tamper. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you would think that Kosas would show up, put the trophy on the table and say, hey, man, you want to you want to carry it a little bit like you can <laughs> <laughs> you can hold it. You can see what it feels like, you know, to hold this thing. Uh, but instead, he's like walking around with the trophy like, 
you know, holding it out in front of Giannis and then just yanking it. Yanking every time it away like you're dangling keys in front of a baby. <laughs> this is uh, this is brutal. This, sucks this is not see. how I thought this pod was going to start, but this was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, I guess we'll actually talk about the actual news. Uh, it wasn't from today. It was from a couple days ago. But Adam Silver was uh, talking about potentially starting the season on Christmas and today's show, you know, is, is actually going to be a season in review for LeBron James. So it winds up being a pretty seamless segue into that aspect of it. The most but seamless starting... segues are when you mention that it's a seamless segue like that. Uh, that's what I find. Well, now now you just tri- tripped up the seamlessness. Of oh, it. yes, that was me. Yeah, that was all your fault. OK, uh, but so we were so the, the news, though, that, that the NBA might start on Christmas. We are recording this on October December 22nd, December 22nd. Then, then it actually came out and like subsequent. It wasn't Adam Silver. It was the Board of Governors meeting. And the owners clearly want this out there because it leaked yeah. to like every single insider <laughs> and with like updates on, you know, timeline. And then Shams, I think, was the last one to say that it might start December 22nd, which is like, I mean, that's not that much sooner before Christmas and the it's grand. Like in two things, months but away. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's a crazy short offseason. Yeah. And I was telling you before we jumped on the air here, like, the Lakers legitimately might be, like, a four or, like, bottom four seed yeah. just through the necessary load management they'd have to do if they started the season on Christmas. Like, like th- you know, that's not enough time to for this team to rest and recuperate and, like, you know, all that stuff. Like, they'd really – they would have to do – truly necessary load management next season if this is actually going to happen i still have my doubts that it will actually start in december i think this is owners i think the reason this leaked out is to start the negotiation process like when you're negotiating for something you know if you're not me and you're good at negotiations you ask for something you know you can't get um and so and then like that way people feel like it's a concession when you get closer to what you actually want so like i feel like they want january or february but they want players to feel like they won something if they get january or february well do you think other than miami and the lakers and maybe a couple other playoff teams do you think this is something the players are would push that back hard, like that hard on because i'm not sure they would like, i think the, guys- the vets might just on principle just because like like especially the ones that just played in the playoffs maybe but yeah, that's a good point like it may the the teams that this would adversely affect may be outnumbered by the guys who want to get back out there yeah. like that's actually a really good point because there are so many non-playoff teams or early exits or what like there's more teams that this wouldn't affect that much than than there are to, so that's actually a good point. Maybe maybe they actually really are gonna kind of shaft, uh, you know, Miami and the Lakers really here, and all the conference finalists too. And, and like even with the said, I'm I'm kind of curious because we haven't gotten many details. Like as soon as we we got there was that one ESPN tweet where they talked about like when the draft is going to air, right, November 18th. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, we haven't gotten any concrete dates for it's because it's not finalized when, yet they're still negotiating free right. agency and all that with the union so i i you know as, as much we don't know when opt-out dates are but yeah. the opt-out <laughs> dates haven't been finalized like kcp's like when do i get to do this finally Come yeah on. they're uh, like oh no we're just gonna carry over the contracts <laughs> into next season so but like the, what's interesting like i i think if if we ever get those dates and then get further reports on yeah. this i'll take it a little bit more seriously uh, but it is fascinating that this is potentially even on the table. And you're right, though, with with what you know what this would mean for the Lakers. In that, I'm not sure I would want LeBron if they're playing an 82 game season. I'm not sure I would want him playing in like more than 50 games. Yeah, they gotta they, like they're gonna have to put him on like the once a week schedule or something like that. At least to start the season. At least like, initially, yeah. 
Yeah, or like, I mean, I'm, th- that's being over dramatic, but like, I can't imagine he would ever play a single back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like, the, and they're going to probably be a lot of back to backs if they're trying to cram like 72, 73 games or whatever in here in kind of a normal calendar. Uh, because they're trying to get back on like their closer to normal schedule, right, which makes right. sense. The ratings I were such why a disaster that. that they're like, all right, we can't do yeah. this. Yeah. Like, I understand why they're doing it. And mm-hmm. like, I- I'm actually happy that they're doing it from like my personal perspective, just because it means like we kind of get, we kind of get closer back to the normal schedule that we're used to, too. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, like for the players, this is going to, especially for the Lakers and their veterans, like this is going to be a real blow, I think. And they're going to have to be smart about how many minutes guys are getting, how many games they're playing in. They probably won't be able to practice a ton. How because, hard they even play in the games that they do. Yeah. Play, yeah. Like, like how, because last year they, their identity was made on defense, right? Mm-hmm. And that led to transition bu- buckets and both of those things, whether you're playing defense hard enough to get stops consistently uh, or running, those are two things that can really make you work. So I'm not sure. I'm sure they, they would like to maintain the same identity that they played with last year, but I'm not really sure you can if the regular season starts that quickly and they're trying to squeeze that many games into such a shortened season. Yeah, it's tough, especially if you're going to be integrating new guys, because like we all are assuming that they're going to try and add like one piece with the MLE, maybe like Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe they just use that to bring back like, you know, uh, Markeith and Rondo and whatever, like, but uh, like, they, you know, a lot of us have talked about Danilo Gallinari, like other top guys that might be kind of like not necessarily looking for money and valuing that most and trying to ring chase on the MLE, like that's going to be tougher to integrate them. And then how do you integrate them into that identity if you're not playing it? Like one of the things that I think the Lakers got the benefit from was even though obviously like they took it up another notch during the playoffs, but they played the same way on defense. Like they played hard on defense. They held each other accountable on defense all season. And that's how they built that identity to be able to take it to the next level and really step up and all be in unison and have that chemistry and communication. And Mm -hmm. I don't, like you said, I don't know if that's possible if you're having this abbreviated season or it's going to be really tough to find that balance between making sure that guys don't overwork themselves because we all know like LeBron's not going to ask for load management. Like Anthony Davis is not going to ask for load management. That's going to be something where management and Frank Vogel are going to have to go to them and go, look guys, like we have to do this and be smart about this because what's best for the team long-term. But then at the same time, does that take away from that identity you built? If you Mm -hmm. have some new guys that you're trying to reforge that chemistry and cohesion with, like it's, it definitely creates a dilemma for them. And that's not me saying they can't repeat or like that they're screwed. No, or no. anything like that because it's they're gonna look different in the regular season like yeah, I, I, just, sure. I think it's more of a regular season problem than it, and i say problem like quote unquote because we saw that the lakers don't need home court advantage yeah literally like we thought like they did not have home court advantage a single game during the playoffs and they were right. all right i mean i think that's a little different when you know it's an opposing crowd especially if it's a team mm-hmm. that actually has fans but like i'm not that worried about like them not having home court advantage versus the clippers in what would be a home game yeah, like seven so home good. games anyway <laughs> I was like, come on, land the joke, land the joke, land the joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I want to focus more on what this means for LeBron specifically, uh, because I, I'm of the mind that if it was more, there was, there is no normal here, but under closer to normal circumstances, I think he wanted MVP. Like, I think, I, I, I think he, you know, part of him wants MVP for next season, given 
that I think we're going to see a shift in how people vote. I think he would want to take advantage of that and try to win uh, MVP next year. Once and, again, coach this screwing him by motivating Giannis more, but through <laughs> <laughs> this kid, like, what is he going to do next? Is he going to drop the trophy off the boat that they're celebrating on or something? Like, yeah. Oh man. He's going to Buckner the trophy. Like somebody's going <laughs> to hand it to him. He's just going to drop it. Poor coach. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll take a quick second, come back and talk about LeBron. So we'll start. Before we get to, you know, looking ahead to next season. Yeah, let's talk I, about this season. I want to start with this season because I thought it was one of the cooler stories that I've I've really ever seen. Like heading into the year, I remember because I think, I, yeah, I was still writing with, with, with you guys and yeah. uh, it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, thing. I mean, everything feels like it was <laughs> nine years ago and like a different yeah. lifetime. But yes, I was, I was thinking in my head and doing the math that you were with us until like, like, you know, February ish, like basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So at the beginning of the year, we all kind of chose which guys we were going to write about heading into the season and like, Most interesting stories, Lakers. yeah, what we were going to, what story we were going to be paying closest attention to. And I'm pretty sure I took LeBron and I, and I was wondering what his like final haymaker might look like. Yep. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. You wrote about that. And I wound up being wrong because it looks like he has multiple haymakers to throw, which is insane. <laughs> well, it says something about the quote unquote final haymaker that it made you think that he still has more, like how right. effective it really was. Yeah. Right. I, I, and well, the reason I wrote final was because of the way the season before this one went right where, yeah. where it was, you know, he was injury riddled. The Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. He was getting blocked by Mario Hazonia. Anthony you know, called him washed. That's why I called him washed. To be clear, like, do I ever get to clarify on this one? Like, do, I, it, I feel it, like you've tried to clarify it enough, but I'm never going to stop bullying you for it. No, like, I, I, I'm fine with you bullying me. I, it's the randos on Twitter who are like, didn't you call LeBron washed? And I said, he looked washed. Anthony, those people clearly don't listen to this podcast. Like, if they're <laughs> thinking that that was, like, not something that you've talked about a million times. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're arguing with a wall right now. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like Giannis trying to talk to Costas. <laughs> They're just taking away the meaning of the tweet. They're just holding it like in front of me. Like, no, no, no I want, I want to. Yeah, come on. <sighs> yeah, no, anyway. but seriously, like, I, I think uh, it was a fair question to ask. In all seriousness, going into last yeah, season, like he was... he was he was aging, coming off the most serious injury of his career. Like, mm -hmm. we were just wondering, okay, how many seasons does LeBron have left? And now, like, he kind of put all of that to rest like the you know i'm glad that we're going to talk about the season that he had because you know it's still fun to just appreciate this team at the end of this year and like before talking about like all these future implications and he he was just incredible i i just don't like i obviously we've all talked about it ad nauseum but i still don't know that it's been talked about enough just how like unprecedented and amazing what he did this year was at his age yeah. at his mileage like and then just considering every hurdle that the Lakers had to deal with and all of that, like, you know, this is honestly one of the best seasons, I think, considering all the context that we've ever seen from any NBA player. And it's unfortunate that he didn't get rewarded with MVP. And look, like I can't say like I was one of the people being like, oh, he should win MVP. I saw the arguments for Giannis. If I had a vote, I would have voted Giannis. But that said, like, I think that, you know, in retrospect, I think maybe he deserved it. I think I I, I know I, I feel like I was wrong. Yeah, I the further we get a, a, away from the season, the more and I was actually of the mind that LeBron should have won. 
like as you know, if I could have voted, I would have a rare good take from you, like a rare retroactive good take. You know, it happens. I I had to even it out. Like, not only do I think he should have won this MVP, but I think he should win the next three MVPs just in advance, just Just because, like, make it just to make it up. So, like, I, I, you know, I went, I went full washed, you know, direction. Now I'm going to go full LeBron is the greatest ever direction. Um, and so, but I, I was of the mind that he should win because of how far the Lakers came compared to, you know, how much ground the Lakers covered compared to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like the Bucks were basically the same team and performed like basically the same team, maybe a little bit better. Giannis, and, Giannis did improve, no, like in, in certain ways, like for sure yeah, in the regular season. That did not show in the for playoff. Sure. He, yeah. he definitely improved defensively. Yeah. And he deserves credit for that, but I, I I still think it's a lot easier to to improve defensively when basically everything is the same, same coach. And also, you're you're essentially like yeah, like you're not like everybody made it seem like he was out there guarding like the best player every single night, and LeBron no, was great like, team defender. He, he was basically playing the same role that LeBron was. He did it better than LeBron did, but it's yeah. like it's not like like you know that LeBron, he was playing this like entirely taxing lockdown the other team's best player defensive role. He was great, but like it was you know it, it probably wasn't better than Anthony Davis. But you know I digress. Like that's a conversation for another day. So LeBron finishes the season 25 points a game, 10.2 assists per game, which is the most of his career. And I led think the league led, as well. led the league yeah. for, for that. Uh, just a shade under eight rebounds a game. Uh, played in 67 games. I, I, I don't, if he missed a game, it was only a couple. He missed a couple in the bubble. Um, yeah. And then he also missed a couple during, he missed at least one or two pre-bubble. Like, I think there were little, like his groin was bugging him. There were a couple mm-hmm. nights where it happened where he did sit out, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. And so, you know, even in any context, right, that's a fantastic season. But, and, and you know, there were a lot of people saying, well, he shouldn't get credit for being older. I guess that's true. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's, but it I think it's fair. It, yeah. But if in the context of MVP, he doesn't get more credit for being older, but in the context of contextualizing the season that he's 35 years old and doing all of that, is that's like the insane. best season of 99% <laughs> of NBA yeah. players careers. And that's like kind of a down year for him, like not a yeah. down year in the sense of like, but like he's had better, like he's had probably at least five better seasons than that. It was one of his more efficient seasons, I believe, offensively. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's had, like, probably five or six better seasons than that. And that would be, like, like 99% of guys' best season ever. Yeah. And so in that respect, I think it's it's worth noting, just with, with, you know, when it comes to the whole MVP discussion, even, like, taking aside what you – or putting aside what you and I thought about who should win the, the trophy, the only take that I thought was objectively wrong – was saying that LeBron didn't belong in the conversation. That like the yes. conversation was Giannis and Giannis alone. That's why yeah, I said no, I LeBron say like deserved that, you're, you're consideration. Yeah, yeah, LeBron deserved consideration. I thought like and I think that's why he had a problem with the voting. Yeah. Like, the voting so, didn't reflect that he was in consideration. And and if I were LeBron, I'd have been pissed too. I and I understand as a competitor why he is pissed. I think he totally has a right to be at the same time, like thinking about it logically, like what did he want people to do? Like vote for like like people have to pick their first choice. And so if the majority of people thought that Giannis was the first choice, like you can't just be like, oh, like, well, you know, you, you know, 20 voters should pick LeBron just so the voting more accurately reflects the season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean that's not that's not really how voting works. You're right. But yeah, I think I think to him. 
and and this is where I think there's some credence to to like what he was kind of saying there. It really sucks that because the voting is a reflection of the conversation. Yeah, right? the voting is what people like. People will look at the voting that years down the line, stuff right. like that, like without all the full context that we're talking about right now. And and I think for him, I think not enough people took him at like, that's why when at the end of the season, right after they win the championship, he was like, put some, give me my damn respect. And I think, you know, that was, that was a direct reference to the voting and, and how that went. And you're right. People are going to pick who, who they should have, who they thought should have won and to, to LeBron. He's saying more of you should have thought that I should have won. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I think he, for, for LeBron, it, look, was, it was fairly simple. He he went out and proved it. And honestly, yeah. that may have been, you know, from the way he responded and the way he took it up a notch during the playoffs, like, at, at, you know, he definitely still picked his spots. But the way that he took it up a notch during the playoffs, like, you know, I'm not saying that that wouldn't have been possible had he won MVP. But I definitely think it gave him a little bit of extra juice at times to really mm -hmm. go out there and prove it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think he needed much extra juice when when the playoffs were going on and as they as they advanced and stuff. But but yeah, I, I think like I for sure would have loved to have been in the room when he found out that Giannis was MVP, saw the vote totals, and then eventually saw him knocked out of the second round. Like I I I'm, I for sure think that probably gave him a little extra juice and celebrating that moment. Yeah. Uh, but but you know you look at and then you know I'm not really a big advanced numbers guy, but he finishes the season with a 31.5 percent usage rate, which is. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. What was the you and I recorded about Derrick Rose, right? Derrick Rose's usage rate was like for some basically reason around the same. The same yeah, thing. it was like basically the same. You want to know yeah, why? No, Detroit... that's the guy that we should put on the Lakers with him to put them right. over the top. Well, you you want to know why Detroit sucked last year? Because they were using Derrick Rose like he was LeBron. Because <laughs> because they thought Derrick Rose was LeBron. Like yeah. if you if you want to if anybody out there if you're covering the Pistons and you're trying to find a way like a reason why that team fell short of expectations, there you go. It's right out there. <laughs> I mean, it's a big part of it for sure. <laughs> uh, and anywho. they paid Blake Griffin like he's uh, like he's LeBron. So like you know they could just. <laughs> so the 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 whole you know with with LeBron and and you know returning to the whole haymaker conversation, I was interested to see what it looked like. And not only did this haymaker what did that wind up being so special but on top of it 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 didn't even look like he was trying that hard like no that's, he's he's mastered in-game load management like right, you know what i mean why, like he, he played hard on defense but on offense like how many times like how often do you remember this exact script from a game L okay the lakers anthony davis is the lakers lead, leading first quarter score he's got 16 points the lakers are up mm -hmm. by like eight or ten uh after the first quarter you know lebron's like kind of quiet picking his spots through the second two quarters and the, or the you know second and third quarter and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter it's like oh lebron scored 14 points in the fourth and is resting the last four minutes or whatever yeah. Like, like well, how many times did they follow that exact script where LeBron just kind of coasts for most of the game, doesn't like spend a ton of time going inside the three point line on offense. And then like yeah. all of a sudden just blows up in the fourth and does enough to get the win. Like he, he's incredible at it. He's mastered the science of just kind of like, you know, chilling for a while and then doing exactly as much as he has to, to get his like 38 and eight. Right. And, and that's what, that's what I found so extraordinary about this season was that, you know, I was thinking he would push himself super hard and kind of empty the tank. But the reason why we're looking at this and we're saying, holy shit, what, 
he might have multiple haymakers to throw is because it didn't look like he even threw a haymaker. Like yeah. he was just, it was just another regular punch for him. There were games that remember we were in the Western conference finals and we were like, are we going to, is he going to have to activate playoff mode at any point? Like, because right. he really hadn't had to. And well, then he did, he, did. During, he did during the Western conference finals. And then he did uh, a couple times during the finals, but like in the first two rounds, he really did not have to activate playoff mode LeBron. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why, you know, to kind of circle back to where we started on this, not the Costas aspect of it, <laughs> the, the, the season potentially starting in December aspect of this. It makes me think like even knowing what it takes for his body to stay in such extraordinary shape, uh, it makes me think he's mastered this ability to understand exactly what it takes to win a basketball game. Yeah, And like, even if he doesn't take, you know, literal nights off for load management, he will understand like he'll take a quarter off. He'll take a few possessions off and he'll do just enough for the Lakers to win basketball games. Now what that's probably going to look like is some really frustrating basketball where it feels like they're keeping this team in, in, you know, closer into the game. I'm happy. I won't be writing recaps. (laughs) If they have this abbreviated season, there may be some nights where LeBron reminds you, I mean, obviously not in statistical production because he'll still get some numbers and whatever, Mm -hmm. but he may have some regular season Rondo nights where he's just kind (laughs) of like, he looks like he's loafing a little bit out there and like not really trying his best. And people are like, they're not obviously going to get angry to the degree that they did at Rondo, but you know, be better than Rondo, but yeah, yeah, we're going to have NBA Twitter people asking like, Oh, LeBron washed like, and it's not going to be Anthony, you know what I mean? And then, Yeah. That's that's my that's my kind of guess on on how this goes for for LeBron here is, you know, he'll probably take a few nights off, some actual nights off for load management. And and then even while he's playing out there, I think he's going to take a a bit of a step back. But he's so good and he's so efficient that you won't see it as as clearly as you would if somebody else was trying to do that. No, he's he's still going to be effective at it his greatest asset at this point is his basketball brain, which is yeah. incredible for like, like to say about one of the best athletes and most yeah. talented players in He's NBA still history. listed at six, nine, two fifty, can run like an insane 40 yard dash and jump out of a gym. But Has actually like one of the, the highest verticals in the league when he's actually trying to do it. And like, yeah, yeah his but brain his, is, his brain is on iOS like 27 while we're all on, you know, 14 or whatever we're actually on. Our phones are actually on 14 and it, and, and it's just that, you know, and when it comes to basketball, that's how that works. And maybe in regards to some other stuff, stuff too, but for, for, you know, for him going into any given game and the fact that like what, what makes this easier for him. And this is actually the last thing I wanted to, 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 to finish on, but the, um, you know, it depends on how the Lakers, or I'm, I'm curious how the Lakers, build around him. Now they know they're going to have Anthony Davis. Um, They know the way that the equation worked out last season. I had the question asked to me on locked on Lakers for, for yesterday's episode. And they asked like, all right, if you had to choose between Jeremy Grant and Danilo Gallinari, who would you go with? And not to talk about like those players specifically, but it's a difference in identity. If you well, go Pete's with, not here. We can talk about those players specifically. Well, I, like, you you gotta, there's no tampering fines for this episode. We're good. This is I know. This is, this is your burner account. I I know, and and I would even if Pete was here, I would just say <laughs> Pete left the room. Um, but like for 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 
the 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 construct of that question i think it's more interesting understanding the di- the identity that signing either of those guys would mean right if they go with jeremy grant it's going to be much of the same identity that they had last year where Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to do special Anthony Davis and LeBron James things. And then everybody around them is going to have to defend their asses off. They'll get out and transition and they'll be super athletic, super big and powerful and, and faster than everybody uh, and overwhelm teams that way. If you sign somebody like Gallinari, now you're talking about, nope, we're just going to score more than everybody. And, and I'd be curious which direction they go there with LeBron, because in terms of, what the easiest way for him to play? If that was actually the choice that they had, because right, we, right, like, right. Grant may I don't not think be either a real of those option. Guys. Well, I, don't, I, think I don't think Gallinari. I think Gallinari will be a real option. He he was talking about like how winning a title is more important to him than money at this point. With money dry around the league, he may be willing to take a one year MLE, just chase yeah. a ring, and then try and go back into free agency next year. Maybe I. I I'll Grant, I don't see it. it. Grant, the Nuggets will pay. Like I, I can't see no nope, I, I, option. I'm not even sure we'll, we'll see that because the Nuggets have never gone into the luxury tax ever. Yeah, maybe you're right. So like I, I you know, either way though, what I'm saying is like I, I find it, I would find it interesting if the Lakers would go in the you know the Gallinari route, understanding that AD will make up for some stuff defensively, and LeBron can be his most special offensive self. And I would love to see that. Like, it would be really yeah. fun to see LeBron in like a super spaced out court where he could just pick apart whoever, fi- identify whatever mismatch he wants to attack on any given possession, and then be able to do that. It would be a super fun, different team, but it would also make me a little nervous because we know what won last year. Yeah, it would just be, it would be an interesting philosophical shift. And you wonder, you would wonder how much of that is just trying to make winning in the regular season a little bit easier. Yeah. And if that's going to, if they're going to shift back for the playoffs, like it would. And it also like, you know, obviously everyone listening to this podcast at this point in the offseason is going to watch basically every Lakers game anyway. But like, it does give you like to have a different team and like a different way of playing. Like it does give you something fun additionally mm-hmm. to watch for, like, and see how they're developing at that. So yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think like, I agree with you about like all of that. And like, I, I think basically at this point, like LeBron on offense is like the Zach Galifianakis hangover gif. Like he just like, yeah. he, he sees all the little calculations and whatever. Right. And it's just like picking like, okay, like I got to angle this past 15 degrees that way, get it exactly this speed, like all that stuff. And I, I think that we may see a little bit more of just him trying to pick defenses apart that way versus going to the basket like next year and shifting towards offense with a guy like Gallinari, like, you know, or some development from Kuz or like whatever it may be trying to find a way to get him some more spacing and like get a little bit less of the burden on him. I, I think yeah. would be huge. Every time, especially seen, in an abbreviated season, every time I've seen Zach Galifianakis, the first person I've thought of is LeBron James. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. It's like the <laughs> it's the two Spider-Man pointing meme, like both, you know, arguably the LeBron of their yeah. fields. It's well, it's it's the Spider-Man pointing meme, but it, it's like where one is the actual Spider-Man and one is Spider-Pig or like whatever uh, the pig Spider-Man. What was the, the yeah, one Spider-Pig? Yeah, it is Spider-Pig, right? Yeah, you're the you're the, you're the comic book guy. So, yeah. All right. I'm I'm this season was so cool watching LeBron, you know, prove me and a lot of people wrong in Me too. I think fashion. a lot of us. I think I think yeah. just we no, I think a lot of us didn't know that he had that much left to give. Like, you know what I well, mean? And like I, where he could look like he could play, you know, five more years coming off of the previous season where he looked really limited by that injury at times. 
Yeah, I, I always kind of, you know, you always hear people whenever he talks about, like whenever he throws out washed king out there, right? People say like, who was calling you washed? And I was like, actually, there's quite a few receipts on this one. Anthony's like, actually, I called him washed. And <laughs> now, like, I use the actual term washed. No, but, but there people were, did. There's a lot of people wondering, like, hey, what does this mean for the Lakers? What does yep. this mean for LeBron? What does all this mean? And, and you know, I, I saw normally, someone old takes it because Lakers fans are still old takes exposing receipts and stuff. Like, yeah. if the, we're like two weeks out and they're still partying <laughs> on this. I well, saw someone. So many receipts. Like. I know. I saw someone yesterday. They're like, they're like, why are the Lakers the favorite? LOL, teaming up two guys that didn't make the playoffs. It's like, I'm sorry that you don't understand how, how like. <laughs> basketball math works um like that you know just because those guys, two guys did not lead teams to the playoffs team? by themselves does not mean they will not be good together like <laughs> oh it's special there's special people all right that's going to do it for this episode of the silver screen and roll podcast make sure you guys are tuned in uh throughout the the off season as short as it might be uh and you can do so here on this feed where we have somebody talking about this team uh, every day, every weekday, basically. Uh, we have our player reviews that are coming out right now. We have uh, look-aheads as as we get closer to the draft and closer to finding out when free agency is actually going to start. Uh, and, and I'm sure once... Once we get those dates, it's going to move quickly. So you're going to yeah. want to be... You, you're going to want to listen to this uh, as often as you possibly can to, to, to be able to identify which receipts to keep for next season. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And we will talk to you or somebody will talk to you tomorrow.